You're listening to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. I'm so happy you guys are here. How's, um, you know, quarantining it up these days? <laughs> I'm so excited, you guys, because I have my very best friend on the podcast today. She is not only my best friend, but she's also my life coach. So this is Anna Bullock hey. from, uh, what is it, at Anna Kate, Anna Kate Coaching. Anna Kate Coaching. So if you want to follow her, go hop on there and follow her. She is my neighbor, my best friend, and my life coach. So how lucky did I get, you guys? <laughs> I want to tell you guys a little story. So couple years ago, I was like really struggling with having a lot of like anxiety and like just like, yeah, it was a lot of anxiety. And I didn't know how to deal with it. I had been like praying for help. Like, how do I deal with these big emotions? And then I was talking to my friend Anna and I was like telling her what I was going through. And she just started like guiding me because she had learned all of this, right? Spewing out all the information. It was kind of not even her choice. She just got to hear all (laughs) the stuff I'd been working on. which I'm so grateful for because she helped me so much. And that's where all of this was born, like all of this getting mindfulness stuff and just wanting to share about thoughts and and what they create in our life. And it's all because of Anna. So I'm really, really grateful that you guys um, are able to hear from her today. So this morning we were having a conversation. I'm like, you have to come on my podcast today because... I loved the topic we were talking about and we were just like, we're vibing so good Mm -hmm. chatting about this. And I think it's applicable like for what everybody's experiencing right now. Easy to fall into. Totally. And, and that's this idea of like villainizing. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like with this whole coronavirus thing, there's a lot of like, like this person's doing it wrong or tell the hoarders to stop hoarding. Yeah. Or or those crazy people who don't believe in this stuff. Look and at the people lining up at Costco. All yeah, those kind of things. Yeah, we, we tend to villainize people and circumstances. Mm-hmm. We want the first thing we want you guys to know is that whenever we create a villain in our story, in our mind, whenever there's a villain or there's somebody who's wrong or they're doing it wrong, we like to call it a villain. A villain there's always a victim. So Often. And most often in that story, we're the victim. We're the victim. Do you guys like being a victim? It sucks. <laughs> but we do it all the but time. it's normal. It's, it's the human totally brain. totally normal. So we came up with a story to tell you guys. We kind of made it up, but we think that it's really, really applicable and we could see it happening. And so we want to tell you this story and it's going to kind of like leeway you into this conversation about villainizing. So Anna, take it away. Okay. So let's say you got a group of friends, right? You're going out for a girl's night and one of the mamas, one of the mamas, she planned a babysitter a week in advance. She'd been like pumped up. You guys are excited. You're sending (laughs) memes back and forth about your hot date that you're going on. And it gets down to like 10 minutes before her babysitter texts her and she says, I can't make it. I have to go babysit for my sister. And that mama's left without anybody. She the, has nobody. There's she, a dance that night. There's no babysitters available. Games. This has happened to me before. <laughs> basketball games, nobody can babysit. She doesn't end up going on the girls' night. And the other girls still go. Mm-hmm. And they have so much fun and they're like posting pictures. They're all looking hot. <laughs> right. So, so this is the story, okay? Okay. What tends to happen then? is we put like the shoulds on that babysitter. Like she should have texted me earlier. She made a commitment. She should have kept it. She's doing this wrong. Like this isn't right of her to do this. This is rude. Mm -hmm. Or maybe like, 
I can't believe that she did that. I would never do that to somebody. I would never just like blow off a, a scheduled thing like that. I'm not like that. I would never do that. When I was 12, my mother would have kicked my butt if I would have done that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was all of the thoughts. <laughs> so true. So, so we have all of these thoughts. And then all of a sudden in our story, the babysitter becomes the villain. This 13-year-old girl is the villain. And we, we know that, like, if this, like, really happened to you, you wouldn't be like, the 13-year-old's the villain. Yeah, it wouldn't phrase it like that in your head. No, but that is kind of what's happening. And you're the victim to this 13-year-old's bad, mm-hmm. quote, bad behavior. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Cool. So we wanted to paint this picture for you because I think this happens all the time. The time. We we create these stories. We have manuals for the way that people should behave and the way we think that they they should act. And, and when they don't, we put ourselves into the victim seat and that leaves us powerless. That takes away your power and it adds so much suffering. It takes away all the options. And so now not only is she feeling like disappointment, she's feeling some judgment of this girl. And that feels terrible for our humanness. That doesn't feel good. And she's feeling kind of shorthanded, a little bit helplessness. So on top of just what would have been like disappointment, disappointment. Now she has all of this like layered emotion and it can easily go into anger as well. So, so what happens is what, what me and Anna kind of think happens is we start spinning in this story, all these thoughts, she should have done this, like, like Mm -hmm. we said to you and, and then, yeah, it turns into like anger and blame and then you get really mad at people and it's heavy and, and it's it not fun. sucks and what we really could have initially just felt was disappointment yeah and so, disappointment kind of sucks too don't get me wrong <laughs> disappointment sucks but disappointment plus all the added other it's stuff heavier, and you're gonna stay like stuck, stuck in it for so much longer but i think this is why like our brains do that because it is your brain. It's going to like learned patterns, learned behavior. First off, you're left with like that negative emotion. So babysitter texts and she has a negative emotion. I'm going to just call that one disappointment, right? Or a thought about it. Like now I can't go feeling the disappointment, disappointment, right? We have that disappointment in us, a little bit of like whatever. And we want to justify that feeling. So that's when those thoughts, like all of the thoughts that we had about the babysitter, she shouldn't have done this and da, 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 all the thoughts that we had said previously, that's kind of like the reasons for justifying this, to justify our anger so we can feel that way. Another reason why I think that we do that is so we can feel certain, like we have a human desire to feel certain anytime that we make a decision somewhere, we want it to be right. We want it to be the right reason that we're making that decision. So let's say like breastfeeding versus bottle feeding, going to that one. Like you have all of your reasons or homeschooling. Anytime that you make a decision, it doesn't really matter. Our brain wants to back it up with tons of reasons because the brain likes to be right more than it likes to feel better or feel good. So even though feeling anger toward this babysitter, like doesn't feel good. It's not useful. It doesn't feel good. The brain wants to be right. It wants to be like, no, this is wrong. Shouldn't have happened to me. And I'm right. Totally. So let me give you like a little example. This has to do with coronavirus. I wanted to tell you guys about this because it's just been my observation and it's really interesting to me. I've been telling Anna about this a lot lately. So 
I've been listening to people like get coached on some programs. And what I'm noticing is two weeks ago when this all first started, people were really fearful. There was a lot of anxiety. There was a lot of sadness kind of and like disappointment, like canceled trips and and just fear Fear. and, and a lot of fear. And then what happens is that story starts to not get like stopped, like the fear story doesn't get dealt with. And then they start spinning in fear and it turns into anger. So like two weeks ago, all the coaching that I was watching was on fear and anxiety and sadness, kind of vulnerability, vulnerability, disappointment, uncertainty, uncertainty. And now watching everyone get coached, people are pissed, (laughs) like so so mad. mad. It's somebody else's fault. Yeah. Like, I want to give you an example. There was a girl on there and you guys are going to like, I mean, I like felt for her in her story, but, but you can see how this is causing her so much additional suffering. She had a son die like 20 years ago from H1N1, like flu. And so where the fear came in was like, if, if people don't take this seriously, like everyone's like, people are going to die. I had a son die. Like people actually do die from these types of things. So she had this thought and it was bringing up a lot, a lot of fear, right? She didn't really like probably take care of the fear because it's hard to, and we're humans. And then she had a friend call her and the friend was like, Hey, you know, I just got back from the store and then started telling her about like this article she read that was like, I guess, like saying that this is all fake. (laughs) So, and so the lady was like, the girl was so mad. She's like, I hung up on her. Like, doesn't she, she's going to kill people. Like, I can't even believe she didn't think about how this affects other people. And she's like, she's reading that right ring wacko news, you know, like she was so angry at her friend and, and that fear turned into anger. So she was spinning in this story about this whole thing and it was completely unuseful and it was causing her so much suffering. Her friend, I don't have a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure was probably not feeling a lot of suffering, but she was, she was the one who was suffering. This was adding additional suffering. Not only did she feel like uncertainty and fear, now she feels anger and blame and mad and heavy. And she started crying, you know, like she was feeling so many big emotions and this is part of the human process. So all of those emotions too, I want to like just because sometimes we think like, well, this lady is wrong. Like she's doing it wrong. Right. This lady. No, because even if her thoughts aren't quite correct, like aren't useful, super factual or useful, even the emotions are big and they are real. So anytime that happens, just know that's real. Yeah, we we totally know that like what she was feeling was real. But what I wanted to point out to you guys is that it totally wasn't useful. Like it's not helping her. So so the coach was like, she's like, you can hold on to those, but they're not going to propel any type of good things for you. It's not going to change your friend. You're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck. And you're putting yourself in the victim seat to this villain in your brain. And that leaves you powerless. That puts you out of control. It's like, it's crazy because this is what we do as humans. And I, I don't understand why we do this sometimes, but like we do it. We're like this person who I think is crazy, who I think is so dumb. I'm going to hand them all of my emotions and say, take care of these for all me. The power. We're just going to give them all of the power. And it's so funny. Some, I feel like sometimes we think that that's the easier though. Like, let's say I do this all the time. I notice it in myself all the time. But there's one day it was like, aha, I was going into Walmart and we just got into Walmart. I have my three kids with me and one of them is just 
crying so hard and I'm sitting there, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying and trying to get him to stop. But essentially what I was saying is like, you feel the discomfort for whatever thing he was crying about. You stop crying, feel that discomfort so I can feel better. And that's like making him the victim. I had zero choices at that point when really I did. I had a choice. I could take him into the car. I could feel discomfort of people looking at me, seeing a kid crying and judging me, whatever the thoughts are optional for me there. But totally. So I think what's happening in like the world right now is there's a lot of fear that has come up and uncertainty and that feels really uncomfortable. And so we're like, this doesn't feel good. I need to blame somebody. We need a, we need a, we need a somebody, somebody, for me. somebody's making me feel like this. Mm-hmm. Somebody's making me feel fear and uncertainty and scared and nervous. When the reality is, is when we take all the responsibility for how we feel and what we think, then we don't have to shift into blame. We don't have to shift into that. You're doing it wrong. Villain, victim story that leaves us powerless. Mm -hmm. So I want you guys to think about that for a second. Like if you're feeling fear and stuff like that, are you thinking like, oh, this is so stupid. All these people are doing this. That's why I'm feeling fear. It's because of them. Or is it just because of the thoughts in your brain? Mm-hmm. It is because of the thoughts in your brain <laughs> every time. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to point out, too, is like in the story with the lady with the coronavirus stuff and all the stories, the babysitter story. We don't have context into people's lives. We don't have context into why people do what they do. So when we sit and put manuals and like shoulds and this, you should be behaving like this or you should be acting like this or you're doing it wrong. Those types of thoughts come into our mind. We can counteract those a little bit with like, I don't have context. Like, like pretend let's, let's go here with the babysitter. Okay. Babysitter story. Yeah. So let's pretend in the babysitter situation, the babysitter got a text from her sister right before and she has to take her niece or nephew to the ER. And then the babysitter was also told that the mother had an option, like her husband was home that night or her neighbors were home and she'd be just fine. We're missing the context there. Like there could be another story, whether we know it or not. Sometimes there's context there. Yeah. Or like the story with like the coronavirus lady, like maybe her friend, her friend never has had a son die from H1N1. She hasn't lived that life. Like she hasn't lived that grief. So she's never experienced that. Maybe she has like some crazy like experience with the government and she doesn't trust them the way that that the other lady does. Like we all have different experiences in life and different things going on. And I just think sometimes we forget that we don't have context into people's lives. We don't know what's going on in people's brains, their beliefs, the thing, because I know that a lot of the time our beliefs that we have, like our shoulds and our shouldn'ts that we place on other people, that really does determine like our thought patterns. So, and those come from our experiences mm-hmm. a lot of times, like our experiences and our, the way we grew up and, and things like that. So putting all those on other people who didn't grow up and haven't lived in your shoes is impossible. It's impossible. And we can't expect other people to behave exactly how we are. Mm -hmm. And we get to choose though, what we need. We get to choose our beliefs. We get to choose our thoughts. But the second that we start putting those on somebody else and expecting and having expectations for other people, where we set ourselves up for failure and not having expect, I think sometimes people get confused, like not having expectations for people versus making requests of people. I think it's good to make requests. Like there's, I see it as like a sliding scale 
there's like the bulldozer on one side who wants everybody to do what they want and they yell at them and they try to, you know, control everybody. And then there's the doormat on the other side that has the same shoulds as the bulldozer, but they don't ever even speak their needs. Or when they do, they say it maybe once and then they just fulfill anybody else's needs and kind of forget about themselves. And then the doormat. And then the doormat feels a lot of resentment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the bulldozer feels a lot of frustration. But like right in between that, I think a question I always love to ask myself, ask my clients is what would confidence do? And that says to me is like, I know what I want. I make requests all day long of what I want, but I have zero expectation. This is the expectation part that we're talking about of them fulfilling that. Like if they don't, I will it's take just fine. Care. I will take care of it. I'll figure out a way to get that need met. They have no responsibility to take care of what I need. And if they do, it's the cherry on top. If they do what she needs, it's the cherry on top. And mm-hmm. and I love that. Like one of my favorite affirmations is I take care of my own needs. Mm-hmm. And it's because of this. It's because I, for a long time, like lived in doormat land and then I moved over into bulldozer land. And now I'm working on that weird balance in between. And it's kind of tricky to find of in between. But I always try to tell myself, like, I take care of my mm-hmm. own needs. And, and it's such a power seat yeah, to be Yeah, because when in. you do that, there is no villain. Yeah. And If you take 100% of the responsibility, then you have 100% of the control to feel what you want to feel in that moment. And that's not to say you're always going to want to feel happy, but you know that like you are creating everything for you. If you have a feeling and emotion inside you, nobody inflicted that on you. And that's so much more empowering than they have to change in order for me to feel better. Yeah. Cause guess what, you guys, good luck. (laughs) <laughs> Good luck trying to get people to change yeah, for that's you. Fun. That's yeah. really fun. Yeah. If, if you know how to do that, tell me. Yeah, we're all about it. Like if <laughs> you can podcast, figure, I will listen. <laughs> if you can figure that out, I'm here for it. Okay, so Anna, help mm-hmm. us out here. So what are our, what are your options? Like what do you do if you are in this story? Like you're the girl who freaking babysitter bailed ten minutes before you're supposed to go hang out with your friends. Okay, me, I know. First off, being in that story is like, this is, it's harder. It's harder, right? When you're like, experience it. But here's like a process. So if your best self is accessible, number one, like, feel the emotion, whatever it is that comes up for you. For me, I think I would feel a little bit of disappointment very first. Like, that would be my first reaction is, oh, I can't go. Disappointment. So experiencing that emotion. I think Megan has talked about this in her podcast before about like finding it in your body, naming it, giving it a color, giving a texture, but don't spin further into the story. And what I mean by that is anytime that there is a sentence that comes up, like if you're not describing an emotion, telling where it feels, if you're not in your body, if you're out of your body and a sentence comes up, like now I don't get to do this and maybe maybe there should have been another option. Maybe I should have went with a different babysitter. Like none of that is helping you. None of that is experiencing the emotion. It's just going further into the story. That's not what I mean here. Like, okay, you guys, I have to tell you this. Mm-hmm. 
Anna has to tell me this all the time while I'm working, while I'm getting coached. Like, I'll be like, no, but you don't understand. And I'm like, this isn't the right time. Right now we're going to do something. Yeah. And I'm always like, she's like, don't go deeper into the story. And I'm like, but but this person did this to me. And yeah, she's come back to me, my dear. Yeah. Like she's always like, okay, (laughs) let's not go deeper in this story. But it's because we start to spin out in these stories in Mm. our mind and we just go deeper and deeper and deeper and instead what we want to do is we want to stop the spin out pause it it's like it's like you're twirling like in a downward spiral and somebody just hit the pause button you're not going up or down we're just just like experiencing where right where where you're you're at at right there okay next thing i would say is like take that responsibility for your emotions like let's Let's say in that situation with the babysitter, you had that thought, right? Let's say you do feel some anger because she bailed on you. And you say, babysitters shouldn't bail 10 minutes before they're supposed to arrive. That's not the babysitter creating that anger or that kind of mad anger feeling, whatever (laughs) anger. (laughs) It's not the babysitter. It's because you had that thought. You have this should that babysitters shouldn't bail on you 10 minutes before you arrive. Take responsibility for that. And then then you can process that emotion when you know like that's all in your control. That gives you so much more power. It might feel crappy, but it feels better than no power. I think this is like the hardest part. <laughs> this is at least for me in my experiences when I've had to do this work, which is like every other day. I feel like this is the part that is really like uh, taking ownership. Because why though? Why is that so hard for us? It's because it means we could have done something wrong. <laughs> did, I did. Or yeah. we're creating what it's so funny. because If, you think if that they're it's not creating it, then that means I'm creating yeah. it. And that means that that like I'm the problem right now. Yeah. And that like, that like is like a shot at your ego or at your pride. But I feel like that's okay. Okay. Getting a little bit off, but I feel like that's only because that we think that negative emotion is a bad thing. Exactly. So we feel some shame for feeling that anger. Like I shouldn't be feeling anger or the disappointment. Yeah. Or the fear. Like I shouldn't be feeling any of this because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. But that's not like the key is to experience it. Yeah, this is the human experience, you guys. Disappointment comes. So, yeah, so number two is like taking ownership and responsibility of those emotions. And I mean 100% of the responsibility because if you give them even like 2% of the responsibility, that's 2% that you can't control anymore. That's 2% that they have to change in order for you to feel better all the way. And all of it. And like, let me reiterate, good luck trying to get somebody to change so you can feel better. It doesn't work. There's mm-hmm. so many things outside of our control, mm-hmm. circumstances, people, experiences. Okay. So then number three is I want you guys to like, take a look at all of your shoulds and your manuals and get really specific. Like what, like the babysitter, she shouldn't be canceling 10 minutes before. Mm-hmm. That's that's a manual. That's something I put in my brain and I'm like, this is the way it is. I want you to question that. All of them. <laughs> yeah. I want you to go through and question these these shoulds. One person I feel like that we have so like such a big opportunity to put so many shoulds on is our spouse or our significant other in a relationship. Those that are closest to us, our mothers, our we have so many shoulds for them, what they should and shouldn't do. And we pick that up 
through the things that we see and through our experiences and what we see other people go through, I want you to throw it all out and see which ones you want to keep. Just take out all of the shoulds and question all of them because some of them are going to seem like really, really important and really, really good. Like my children should live the gospel how I want them to live the gospel. They should get married in the temple. But if they don't, what if they don't? And that's your reality. They don't. And now you have this should that's almost hurting you. That's creating like pain for you. Extra suffering. So even though it's a good desire and even though it's a desire that you want, take a look at that should because maybe you can switch that should to my children should be making their own decisions. My children have their own journey, their own lessons that they need to learn. I love that so much. I love, you guys know this because I think I talked about it last podcast episode, <laughs> but like what Byron Katie says about fighting with what is. And and I think this is what happens is we, this is where the suffering comes up is because we, we want to fight with what's happening and... Mm-hmm. We will lose every time. You will lose every time. This is what's happening. So it is what should be happening. So the reality is, is there's people hoarding toilet paper. That is what is happening. I want to be like, why the freak is everyone hoarding toilet paper? Mm -hmm. Now do I have to go hoard toilet paper? Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. But it is causing me nothing, is not doing anything useful for me to think like that. Instead, I can be like, people are hoarding toilet paper. I think even the word hoarding. I know. Huh? Like, I know. With your language. Yeah, it's so true. People, people are people buying are a lot. People are experiencing fear and they're trying to, so good. they have zero certainty right now. And so they're trying to control the things that they think that they control. So they think that this toilet paper, I know this sounds silly, but this is how our brains work. This toilet paper means security. Yeah. I am grasping onto whatever security I can get. So like, that's what I mean by like, so people, them so people are doing exactly what they should be doing. They should be. That's exactly this what is, they sh- they're doing and it's okay. This is a question I love to ask my clients, anybody that I work with, with coaching when there's like a specific someone who is a strong villain in their story, I ask them, how are they doing exactly what is right for them? Because oftentimes they are. If you get into their story, if you get into their heads, the thoughts that they might be experiencing, it makes sense for them. That doesn't mean that it's right for you and the choices that you would choose. And it what happens is it just cultivates so much compassion, Mm -hmm. which is the exact opposite of anger and madness and blame. And so when you're able to cultivate that compassion, you're able to see both sides Mm -hmm. a little bit easier. The reason why I felt so like compelled to speak about this topic this week is just I'm like been on Facebook. I've been on a lot of things and there's just a lot of polarizing thoughts on there. They shouldn't be doing this. And and if people would just do this, then this wouldn't be a problem. And I wouldn't have to be scared and stuff. And I just... I realized that like we're giving away our power. Mm-hmm. We're causing so much extra suffering in our life by mm-hmm. by creating a victim and a villain in our story. Mm-hmm. So I want you guys this week, like if you will, <laughs> maybe watch your brain when it comes to this. Like when something comes up and you feel a negative emotion. When you start to feel that there is a victim in, or there is a villain in your story, somebody that's kind of taking a little bit from you like step back and look at those thoughts what's causing that like where is that coming from up for you 
And something that really helps me when I do this is remembering that like we're all human, including me. So like if I have a villain in my story and I'm doing this work where I'm like taking a step back and I'm looking, it feels really tempting to me to not want to take the responsibility because that means I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. That means if they're not wrong, then that means I must be wrong. And I just want to argue that for a second. I want you guys, I want to argue that like, what if you could just say like, oh yeah, I was learning. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I did that like that because I was learning and I didn't know, yeah. you know, and now I'm going to do maybe something a little different. And when you do that, then when you take all the responsibility back in your hands, then you have the power and you have the tools to be able to change into more useful actions. And so I think that's really important is just recognizing that it's a gift. It is like a, a strength to be able to own your weaknesses, own your say that you're wrong, say that I you're wrong. It. <laughs> yeah. OK, so takeaways from this podcast episode. Okay. Anytime you feel that coming up for you, anytime, I feel like anytime for me, it's when I'm kind of judging them. Like I think that they're doing it a little bit wrong. Yeah. Anytime I see that there's a villain, that's like steps. One first, the bad thing happened, right? It happened to you. You process that emotion, feel it, name it, find it in your body, and then realize like you are creating it. Take 100% of the responsibility. Number two thing that I want you guys to take away from this is that when you do that, when you take that responsibility, that's when you get your power back. Like that's when you get the power in your life. It's when we give it away to these people that we don't even trust (laughs) that we give it away. Like, and what I think about when I get my power back, like what that looks like to me is like, I can access my best self and I am my best self when I am feeling compassion. I am my best self when I am feeling confidence. I am my best self when I am not grasping for others' loves. Like I can take care of all of my needs. Totally. Um, The last thing I wanted to kind of reiterate or take away from the podcast is I know that we're all experiencing a lot of weird emotions right now. So there's a lot of discomfort coming up for a lot of us. Like every other day, I feel like, right, Anna? Like, yeah, yeah, we're like, it's like a roller coaster. Some days are really good. Other days. Yeah. This whole thing has been interesting to for our brains. I Mm -hmm. think our brains, this is just a lot on our brains. So what I want you to to do is when you feel that first negative emotion come up, instead of resisting it and saying like, I can't feel you and then shifting into having to blame somebody for how you're feeling, how about you just push the pause button and say like, oh, look, Mm -hmm. here's the fear. Here's the uncertainty. I just went to the store and I saw all these people with masks on and gloves and like, and I couldn't buy milk. Yeah. And I couldn't buy milk. And I, I often leave the store and I feel weird and I'm like, Oh look, here's the weirdness. And instead of being like, Oh my gosh, like why are everybody taking the freaking milk? Mm -hmm. If they didn't take, if people just took the amount of milk that they were supposed to, then we wouldn't have this problem. Instead of that, I can just be like, Oh, here's the weirdness. This is because this is different. I'm not used to this. And I can sit in that instead of creating this victim villain story, because what happens is it polarizes us and we see it in our country. We see it everywhere. We see it's us versus them. And we don't have to have that. I don't think that that's what life's about. Life is about unity Mm -hmm. and becoming one with the people around us. Like, I believe there's a scripture in the book of Mormon, (laughs) Doctrine and Covenants, something. There's a scripture. (laughs) There's a scripture. And it says, like, that we're supposed to become, like, one heart and one mind. 
I think when we create these stories of victim mm-hmm. versus villain, it's doing the exact opposite of that. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's important to sometimes let go of those stories just so that I can live into that like unity with the people around me. I have to remember too, like, because I'm one that likes to jump to, well, they're right and I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. So I like to just remember, and I repeat this in my head, I say like, they're not wrong. And I'm not wrong. Like that, that can mean that there's more than one right way. We're but just different. We're doing it different. And that's just okay. Different. There's just different. And it's all of, all of our beliefs, all of our thoughts, all of our, everything that we are trying to make the best decision in the moment for ourselves. Okay, you guys. I hope that this helped you. I hope that this week, as you go throughout the week, that you can keep this in your heart, in your mind, and we can like unify a little more. I like that word, unify. I think it's the exact opposite of villain, villainizing, you know, is unifying. Okay, so if you guys want to find Anna, which you should, you need to find Anna. Anna coaches on relationships. Relationships is my favorite. She's so good at relationships, you guys. I love relationships and helping people. With confidence. With like, confidence. I feel like she's so good with confidence. Mm-hmm. But she can coach you literally on anything. And she's the bomb dizzle. And so, <laughs> you guys like when I use those words, bomb. the bomb dizzle. So I want you guys to find her. Her Instagram handle is at Anna Kate underscore coaching. I will tag her on my Instagram when I post about this episode. So you guys will be able to find her really easy. She's the best. You guys need to go find her. (laughs) Trust me. She coaches me all the time. It's worth it. And then um, I also wanted to tell you guys, just thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out with us tonight. If you enjoyed this, will you please share it with your friends? Tag me in it so I can see that you shared it. And I will just hug you through the phone. (laughs) I will love you forever. So have a great week. Enjoy time with your family, this simplicity. You guys are the best. Bye.